welcome to the podcast edition of Coaching Through Chaos, bringing you what you need to succeed. Now, here is your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Welcome to the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. I am your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen. Today, we're veering off our regular format. We are doing this recording live on Facebook. So my guest today, besides having a lot to share about entrepreneurship, is launching his next startup this coming weekend right here in San Diego. My guest is David Lowe. He is the founder of Quirky Co-Living. And I'm going to get into what Quirky Co-Living is all about and who it's for with Dave, but uh, but he's here because I fell in love with what the mission was and wished it was around about a decade ago when I was getting my entrepreneurial feet wet. Um, so now I'm just so excited that he's starting something that would speak to someone like myself that was getting started in business. So we're going to let him get into it in the conversation. Uh, but prior to Quirky, uh, prior to doing this startup with Quirky Co-Living, David founded and grew to being sold Uber Pong. So if you've ever been in uh, or if you've ever seen a cool and colorful ping pong paddles around at your corporate retreat, you can probably thank David for that. <laughs> so I can't wait to get into this and uh, have you all find out just what we're going to be talking about. So we're going to get right into it since you're sitting right here with me and that's not normal for my show. So um, thank you, David, for being with me here on the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. Thanks for having me, Colleen. Very excited to be on the show. Uh, obviously podcasts and also Facebook Live. Hi to everybody uh, this morning. Yeah. Well, great. And I'm so excited. Like I said, I fell in love with what Quirky, quirky was and how I make so many connections with people, whether they're in San Diego or around the internet, is through Twitter. And I remember reaching out to you guys on Twitter and going, hey, what are you all about? And I want to come over and see it. So tell us what Quirky Co-Living is. And then I want to ask you so many other things about it. Yeah, so uh, Quirky is a co-living community for um, for entrepreneurs, digital nomads, creatives. Um, there'll be elements of uh, of entrepreneurship, um, co-living, co-working, and also travel um, in our Quirky communities. And uh, yeah, we're we're launching um, a pilot house next weekend, right before San Diego Startup Week, and um, there's going to be seven entrepreneurs who are going to be staying with us. Um, in Golden Hill Mm -hmm. uh, in San Diego and then on the back of that we're going to be launching our first community in uh, in San Diego probably in Little Italy if all if all goes well really yeah oh okay and so so you have seven people coming to stay this weekend that's right yeah tell us what's the process of getting into the house for this weekend and I think you're even calling it like a boot camp weekend yeah that's that's right yeah so what would what would take place there so Again, we, we were thinking because um, because we want to uh, make it a much deeper community, if you like. Um, we we realized that entrepreneurs were our kind of you know perfect target market, and so we started. Well, I started speaking to them and said, "Hey, you know, how about this this co living community? What are your thoughts on it?" Uh, they loved it, but then I said, "Hey, how about we position this as a startup bootcamp weekend, um, as a lead into startup week?" And, um, and yeah. It, it filled in a, the house filled in a day. Wow! So it's um, yeah, the so demand the demand was high, and obviously, um, on the back of that, it was um, it was then trying to find talented um, speakers, if you like, that could come in, mm. because again, 
with um, with most houses, if you like, and living environments, you just go and you you, you sleep in your room or whatever. You just right. it's a very kind of um, almost boring uh, existence. Whereas what we're trying to do is change the way people are living um, and allowing you to live a lot, like with like-minded people. So mm. great things happen at home, if you like. Absolutely, I know that the energy changes so much when you have. A room with people who kind of have the same passion and drive it might be for a different project but it's great to be around people that have that kind of energy so what's the selection process now and uh, and we're still focusing on this weekend but is the selection process for getting into the house the same for the people who are going to go into the more permanent home and are these people going to have priority to get in there that's a really good question, and uh, and I would say, <laughs> putting a little bit of pressure on, on me now to answer that. Um, I yeah, they 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 would definitely have priority, yeah, because they've been with us from like if they've come to the pilot and and realised that or supported us from day one, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, they're absolutely going to get first first dibs at the okay. <laughs> first first community. So uh, hopefully going, you get in. Going no. back going back to the the selection process, um, we're looking for people who are doing who want to do great things uh with their life and change the world in some way so if you are a startup founder um come talk to us um if you're a solo entrepreneur um if you're a a digital nomad traveling the world and you're looking to do a project as you're passing through san diego for a few months Mm -hmm. um come stay at quirky because uh, and so the idea is that instead of you just coming and living with other people which is what a lot of other co-living houses and communities are doing you um quirky will kind of tailor your experience so however long you're going to be at the at the house we'll almost be building a kind of oh. experience and um and schedule for you to help you succeed really? in that time that's so like makes it even more fascinating it, hearing ver- that and it, and and we're trying to make it very immersive as well so like yeah. from the second you walk through the door it's you know you, you get the best welcome ever the the interior will blow you away and then the people who you're living with wow. will change will hopefully change your life so it's supposed to be a living experience yes experience is, is the key the word key. yeah yeah that's fascinating because I can't living wait to see it living so if you think of the different kind of places if you like so the house is the first is your is the first place mm-hmm. the the office was the second place the third place was the coffee shop when that when that whole yes. coffee shop um, and the coffee movement um came along the fourth space is uh is or was co-working and so the fifth one is co-living and it's almost like a full circle back to the home but mm-hmm. with all of the elements um, of work and coffee shop and right. yeah social well, all that built back into the house so that's the that's what we're trying to do that's great and there's so many people as you mentioned digital nomads and we can talk yeah. for a second about the benefits for them of going to quirky co-living because that was really interesting to hear um but everybody's trying to find ways to work less in an office setting you know and so to to take on everybody's looking to have their home office but to have it then again with all this energy behind it and I love that you say that you're it's almost like tailoring some kind of like experiential program for them to go through where they would like learn different things along the way Um, I assume that there's going to be great and it's a great networking opportunity yes so can you talk a little bit about so um, we talk about entrepreneurs and then you talk about digital nomads and to me they're different but I'm not I'm not 
not always in the same headspace to understand some of the some of those the terms. But what would um, what's the benefit of a digital nomad, like a virtual assistant, someone who can like do somebody's blogging or social promotion or things like that, a digital nomad, what's the benefit for them to be in a quirky house? Well, imagine that the that they are, for example, like let's say that they're in social media or marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're coming, as they come into the house, we would let the other quirkies, who the people staying there, um, we would let them know what skills they have and what they're hoping to do when they arrive. Mm-hmm. The person, the quirky who's arriving, also knows who's going to be staying in the house, and so the the um, there's the ability to collaborate. Like we're making it a lot easier. We're facilitating the collaboration, mm-hmm. and so hypothetically, that person could come in and say, "Hey, you know, I'm looking to get a a marketing company going." Um, does anyone want to partner with me on this? That's one, like start nice. a business. Yes. It could be, does anybody in the house need a marketing person? Um, and so, you know, so they could help out on the person who's staying on the Quirky's project and so yeah. on. So it's it's encouraging collaboration. Um, and there was something else I was going to say there which slipped my mind. Um, yeah, but I'll, okay. come back. I'll come It'll back. Come back. It'll come back. It'll come back. <laughs> and I know I told you like my funny experience of having a virtual assistant was yep. that I – it was recommended by a great friend of mine in Orange County, which is about an hour north of here. And she said, oh, you should call so-and-so. So I did and I hired her and she was doing some work for me. And then we were Skyping one day and she said where she lived in San Diego. And I thought she was in San Diego. Turns out she lived two blocks away from me uh, and we were Skyping with amazing. each other. So it was just like, okay, we need to do this in person, you know. And, and yeah. get rid of the virtual part of this. Um, but it's so funny that people can exist and we can work for each other from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And there's um, such interesting networking opportunities when you come into an environment like like the one that you're creating. So how did you get the idea for the, for Quirky Co-Living? What, probably, when was it? 2005, between 2005 and 2006, I traveled for, th- um, for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And went to 13 countries. And wow. I taught English in Japan. And I did door-to-door door to door sales in um, in Melbourne, in Australia. And along the way, I got I was very fortunate um, in that I could, you know, I could live in different living environments. Mm-hmm. And one of those was actually um, a capsule hotel in um, in Japan. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but it's, it's, it's like... capsule? Capsule, yeah. You're talking about the little pods that yeah, people Yeah, the sleep little in? squares, yeah. Oh, so yes. it's like, it, it, imagine sleeping in a coffin i guess not that i've ever slept in a coffin but imagine (laughs) sleeping in a coffin um it it's kind of similar dimensions but they but this the space is used so well and it's a very futuristic kind of living concept so i got to explore different ways of living and what um what kind of how community how it was sort of i guess evident or how how each different community um, got fostered in those yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah and so that that was kind of early inspiration Mm -hmm. but when I moved to London in when was that I think it was the year 2000 I I lived in London for about 10 years and what I realized is that it was a very very like everything was kind of spread out Mm -hmm. everything was everywhere and there was no kind of central place where people could kind of get together and ultimately live together yeah and I would have died for that because I went through through 
kind of long periods of isolation as an entrepreneur trying mm-hmm. to get business going, um, periods of depression where there wasn't that support network mm-hmm. and people like other entrepreneurs weren't hearing what I was going through and I wasn't hearing what they were going through. Mm-hmm. So it, it but you again, feel like was, you're the only one going through yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You do. You do. Right. Um, and so I think through that kind of pain, if you like, or through that painful period and period of disconnection, I all these kind of seeds were getting sown. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's come through to today yeah. in 2017 where it's where the business has been inspired enough to and all the elements are in place to launch. Right. And I think and what you just touched on was like having me have flashbacks as you're talking to, you know, 2006 for myself or 2007, I think it was when when I went into practice for myself. And for as much as I have lots of friends who are in the same profession as me and lots of friends who are successful, I don't have a lot of friends that started something on their own and had an idea for a bigger vision for their business. And I remember and it's not that I you know, that I didn't feel supported by them, but I always remember thinking nobody really gets how hard I need Mm -hmm. to work. And that when, you know, everybody wants to go out, like, and it would be hard, you want to have a social life, you want to have balance, but then, you know, but then you're like, oh my gosh, but I have 10 things I have to work on this weekend. And then your friends go, oh, but you're supposed to relax on the weekend. But people don't (laughs) quite get it when you have these visions, how hard you need to work and that it's not it's not a pain in the neck to do. It's something that I love to do. It's something other people who start their own things, like we have passion behind what we're doing, but other people look at us and go, oh my gosh, she works so hard or he works so hard and like they never relax and they kind of don't get the whole entrepreneurial spirit. Right, right, that's and, it. And that's why I, what I think was missing of that, I don't know, and maybe even with that, there could have been even a bigger move over the years, um, but it took me a long time to kind of take the leap with the bigger business. But yeah. um But I just think kind of having that hub is just so great because it's not that you always need to have people that get exactly what you're doing, but you need people that go, uh, that can encourage you rather than going, no, you need a break. Exactly, exactly. That's it, that's it. So so it's about encouraging and fostering what's going on rather than kind of maybe critiquing it or just being disconnected from what it feels like. Yeah, absolutely. I think think increasingly in society, people are, people are seeing the split and they're saying, you know, work, like work and play, if you like. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's because they don't like the work. So that right. when, when it gets to play time, let's say, mm-hmm. it's like, let's go out on the town, let's party all weekend mm-hmm. because they're trying to, um, you know, almost forget about the fact, like forget how painful work yeah, is right. during the week right. and, and almost drown the sorrows in a sense. Um, but I think when you're doing something that you really are very passionate about, it's, it, that is your life like it's just mm-hmm. but not it, it it's almost a healthy obsession right and right. you're just living it's just that's that's your life you know you're just living it's yeah. not there isn't a work there isn't the divide there isn't the work work and play divide that's it's right it's just you're living right and i always talk about it as compartmentalizing yeah. things right because people will say like i only do certain I, I see clients on three days a week and some people go oh so you don't work for four days a week i'm like no i work seven days a week then they go what <laughs> you work seven days a week then it's like oh but i find time to go to the beach i find time to go to the gym you know i find time to see my friends and it's a matter of like we compartmentalize and and weave in <laughs> and out these little doses of yeah. oh but i gotta sit at my computer and take care of this or i got to call people back and you know and it's kind of like weaving in and out of the tasks at hand to keep things moving Mm -hmm. so I assume that that's what the the house is even like there'll be an energy like that around the house 
definitely, definitely. That's um, yeah. Energy's energy's key, yeah. and and we have to we we have to have that almost baked into the DNA of of quirky, which yeah. hopefully comes through in in how I communicate, how the the logo will look, you know, everything, yes. the name. I mean, the name quirky, like every there's there's energy in there, yeah. and so. The idea is that the second you walk through the door, you're hit with that energy and you just, yeah. you feel that you want to be part of this. Um, you, you know, it could be for the time you want to be there or hopefully it's, it's so contagious that you want to be there for longer and stay longer at mm-hmm. Quirky. But the grand scheme is that we go beyond San Diego and we, mm-hmm. we're in other cities. So of course, you, right. you know, hypothetically, you've got to go up to LA for business or um, work just naturally takes you around the country there'll be a quirky in every city where you can kind of tap into that energy each time and be connecting immediately mm-hmm. to that kind of entrepreneurial hive or hub or, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call it, um, in those cities. And it just means that your, the idea is that your success is accelerated by being, you know, by kind of living with us. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, another question just came to mind. I thought about like, uh, how do you oversee a house like that? Is there an over, overarching like uh, community? There must be some kind of community expectations. I wouldn't necessarily call them rules, but um, how does somebody get deemed like appropriate to stay? Like, do they have to do things to keep up their end of the deal of being part of the quirky community? We there, there were lots of ideas that we were exploring. Um, obviously pre-launch and speaking to to early community like early adopters if you like and early community members and really saying what do you need Mm -hmm. um and then and then building a lot of that into into the first house but of course we're we'll be an organic business and brand so that we'll always be evolving and there'll always Mm -hmm. be something there'll be yeah there'll always be cool ideas getting um suggested or maybe we you know think of something that can that can keep moving us forward and keep people interested in being part of us. But I think, um, yeah, it's that, it's, it's the sort of, it's the idea of know it. The people, quirkies will know kind of what they're getting into, if you mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, there is that element of they're not of quite sure. Of living up to it. Yeah, well, that, but also the, the like, slight unpredictability oh. as well. Oh, okay. Because, and I think that's, that's, what is that's what makes people kind of excited about living it's it's sometimes mm-hmm. the the not knowing yes you know who you can who's going to be there and not knowing exactly what you're going to do mm-hmm. so there's a, the element of spontaneity i think is 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 exciting in life sure sure well. and i just think that the whole environment where people can stay for a weekend they can stay for a couple of weeks or they can stay for months is that right they can like can they sign we're, leases and stay? we're looking we're looking at a minimum of a week because we yeah. think that if okay. it's just a day you can't achieve too much in a day i mean you i guess you could if you were 24 <laughs> 7 or, or something but we, but a week to get the probably experience be a, the right amount of time yeah again uh-huh. just from early research that's the kind of time that, mm-hmm. that people are saying as a minimum as a max i mean there's people who've said um you know a year and above but again it's 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 whatever your mission is and 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 how we can help you in that time yeah i can't help but think about all the great relationships that are going to come out of the people that come through these quirky houses and already talking as houses because this idea i'm sure is going to take off uh there's a lot. There's a lot of really interesting people we've been talking to 
and it's it's ranging from digital nomads to people mm-hmm. in San Diego and San Francisco and LA and New York mm-hmm. and they they're telling us about their business ideas that they want to launch they're right they're right they've either just launched or they want to launch a lot of them are early early stage and so that's kind of prompted us if you like to 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 think of okay well when they come through the door, they can obviously collaborate with Quirkies in the house. But what can we do? What mm-hmm. can we do as, as an organization? How can we, how can they plug immediately into the entrepreneurial ecosystem if they have, you know, only a week or it's a month? Like, oh, how, wow, how can we amazing. plug them yeah. into our network? So that's where our network's so key. And so obviously we're growing that all the time and we're around investors and accountants and marketing people mm-hmm. that we are screening so they don't have to. And so when they come in, if they need someone, they can come to us and say, we, we need a lawyer, we need whatever. Oh, and we can just, amazing. we can connect them to those people. And so it, again, it's accelerating that, that success. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. And um, so now the people that are coming for the house this weekend, are they all San Diego based? Or are some of them coming in as part of maybe the startup week and going to, is, I assume there's convention going on, startup week? That starts on Monday, yeah. yeah. We're, we're the weekend before. Yeah. Um, we've got four from, four from San Diego and two from Tijuana. Oh, interesting. So we've got that. Yeah. I know we're close, but we've already got the kind of international reach. Yeah. So, uh, right. <laughs> we're yeah. very, 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 very close. <laughs> and that, co- we are close, but that, that kind of comes back to the whole, you know, one of the, one of my kind of personal sort of goals is to, and especially in this kind of current um, economic and, and political climate, um, we want to build bridges, not walls. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's the whole talk of the wall. Well, That's how right. can we build a bridge between uh, San Diego and Tijuana? And why would we want to do that? Because we want, you know, idea exchange, mm-hmm. entrepreneurial exchange, you know, entrepreneurial ideas yeah. and ex- exchange of ideas. Could could people be testing a startup from like a Tijuana startup coming to San Diego to test the American market and vice versa? Mm-hmm. What if an uh, American startup or nomad wants to travel to tier one and practice the spanish because mm-hmm. they're, they're looking to get into that market that's Just where that's how we can again those relationships yeah that's how how i see us kind of fitting in in, in the in the co-living yeah. movement now um i know when we initially talked i said about you know wishing it was around a decade ago but <laughs> i was past that point now and 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 i thought it was for like young like millennials coming in vision these young you know, these houses of like young hub of entrepreneurs and he said that's actually not necessarily the response that you're getting so tell me about like who who's quirky for you know and is there an age range or what should they expect when they come in about peers initially uh, there's the early feedback i guess from a few people is is it going to be a frat house or is it going to be Silicon Valley like the TV so show? That's what I was picturing. Like, yeah, uh, it's going <laughs> to, oh, it's, right, it's neither. It's neither. So it's not a frat house, but it's, it's for people who want to, who want to really kind of use the space mm-hmm. to, because they're serious about what they're doing and they want to, they want to succeed and they've, they've got dreams mm-hmm. and they want to realize them. Um, of course you can go downtown and party and there's going to be, you know, there'll be all that nightlife yeah. and so on, but, but it's, but people who are focused, we want people who are focused. Um, and then, what was the other part of the question, sorry? About like the age range. Oh, that's right. Like what kind of reception so, you're getting so far. I would say initially a lot of millennials were loving it because it's mm. kind of like the, they're loving the idea of, of being a digital nomad because it's the whole, the not having an anchor, not needing to buy a house because let's be honest, California prices are mm-hmm. very high. Um and so there's that 
real appeal of um, it's the being able to kind of move into somewhere without a long, long lease. There's mm-hmm. no, yeah, this, what is it? The, uh, I can't think of the expression. The, um, the credit checks, like everything, oh. all that. There's no uh-huh. need for all that nonsense. It's kind of a very simple oh, application uh-huh. process and kind of in, uh, move in. So, yeah. But, then, uh, but as far as like mm-hmm. age range, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, literally probably thinking low at like as as young as 18 and as old as 60 really yeah because there's no there's no limit is the there's no limit on um like when you start for example you know your entrepreneurial journey Mm -hmm. or when you discover that you want to travel or you have the ability to travel a lot of a lot of parents you know they'll go through and raise their kids and then they get to almost maybe even retirement Mm-hmm. age and they think i'm not ready to, i'm not done yeah. <laughs> yeah so i and and in some cases yeah they just that's it's at that point they realize wow i've got all these ideas from that i've put i've shelved for years i want to start now right it's like great yeah. we can we can yeah we can help great so there's no one's going to feel too old or too young for no, this no and yeah. i think it's healthy as well to have that range yeah. if you've just got one demographic um it's yeah mm-hmm. it, you're only influenced by people at that level so it's good to have the full spectrum i think and that's that's absolutely a goal as we go from you know initial communities into larger communities that's mm-hmm. again where we'll we'll have that the yeah. spectrum will be more evident because we'll just have more people there sure sure yeah. um and uh what a network that that's going to create as well around the country once you know you get the initial house going and then others going people will probably even like there, there would be a community of quirky people around the country that probably then could connect in other ways, yep. um, even outside of their time spent in the quirky homes. I mean, you make these new connections. Exactly. Well, think of the times where you've you've traveled. For example, you you might stay in a hostel, or you might go to you know do like an Airbnb or home away. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time, or you go to a co-working space if you're on business. Yes. But a lot of the times you're either on your own in the house or you go to a co-working space or a club mm-hmm. and you don't know anyone. And the club doesn't make any effort to introduce you to people in that community, either when you're there or before you get there. So that's just, that for me is like, it, 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 they're being lazy. They're, they're just being lazy. Mm-hmm. And they're not, they're taking the money and they're running. You know, they're not actually doing anything for that member other than giving them a, a desk. Yes. Well, go to a coffee shop then that's your mm-hmm. desk wi-fi right. is good coffee shop's fine you don't need the co-working space so yeah i think there's mm-hmm. th- that's the thought is is wouldn't it be cool if you could go to you know say san francisco now or new york and just immediately plug into that right and know community. what you're walking into and right? know, because yeah, you know the yeah. community and you're yep. part of it exactly right exactly but again it's 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 not just kind of land and kind of see what mm-hmm. happens it's there's a bit more structure around it and that's and that's for us to kind of help you like Mm -hmm. help you with that structure yeah right and so um now i haven't asked about money and what it costs to be in quirky where is it just should they assume it's like an average rent for comparable to the city that the house is in yeah we're looking we're obviously researching hard to make sure that it's the it's competitive but we at first we thought you know and again, speaking to Quirkies, we were saying 
we think this is the kind of average should we go under that would that mm-hmm. make you go and they would actually they actually said the opposite they said you want to stand out and be seen as a premium offering mm-hmm. see so, so if you were slightly above that we you know it would be more like or, right. or you'd almost be seen there was a, there's that perception of being kind of like a premium offering well yeah and and, and then obviously we've got to we've got to we've got to deliver because if right. you just go to a like if you go to a condo, for example, you've got a year lease, simple mm-hmm. as that, and then all the credit checks, and then you've got to beat all the applicants to get in, and so on. It's, it's competition. I think it, I think every single room in San Diego is. Um, I think there's there's twelve people applying for every single room wow. you go for, at least. Wow. I think I think I heard twelve. Mm. So, you know, it's it's, <laughs> yeah, and that and then you've got the year lease. So we yeah. want we wanted to be a little bit more flexible. Um, but at the same time, offer something that's you know a fair price, but it's it's also a premium. It's it's like a it's value added, yeah. Like well, you're getting you're getting more than just being in a room on your own, right? And, and or a community that. where you're isolated, because a lot of a lot of like uh, condos, for example, and I've lived in them. They're basically kind of glamorized projects. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're you're in your little room, which is like a little cell and that's it there's no right, connection you, you, go, you go to the elevator building go, and not even know your neighbors correct yes. correct and you get in the elevator no one says hello no one smiles mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it and, and yet the building is selling the idea of community and using community as a buzzword that's right and community is a very very broad term right but we're trying to create a true community that but but crucially a deep a deeper community yes it's not just community for marketing it's you're yeah, actually it's a deeper trying community. to come through and live up to what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. I mean, and that, and and that's why I was thinking just in the co-working communities, oh, it's yeah. the ones that actually have cultured or um, cultivated a community yeah. are the ones that are thriving. Yeah, um, because there are those spaces where you just drop in and use the Wi-Fi and sit there at a desk. Yeah, and then there's others that provide something for the value of being in a co-working space. Exactly. So I can see that you know, in, in the way that you're talking about structuring it and everything, uh, just you know, people, you know, you get your money's worth plus some on that end. Then we actually, what, what yeah, you're looking at absolutely. We've because 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 Quirky's going to have elements of co-working within the house and again the lack of we're removing the idea or the need for an office mm-hmm. so that's sort of like normally prerequisites like okay a co-working space you can need a desk and an office or and, a, and walls and a room no it's it can be anywhere basically in the house you can work anywhere if you want to work in a hammock great if you want to work on a beanbag great, great. if you want to work at the kitchen table as long as no one's eating, I guess. I'm needing the chairs. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> then, and then you work, have desks work for on the, the kitchen table. People. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's there's going to be we're, we're looking at minimalist design where there mm-hmm. could be uh, like desks that kind of come out the walls or fold down. So it's nice. kind of it's it's very again inspired by Japan. It's the the idea of minimalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, and, and Mar- Americans are embracing this, you know, down mm-hmm. to uh, tiny tiny living and the tiny houses yes. movement. I uh, just spent uh, a year in a tiny or minimal, house. Should I say minimal, minimalist <laughs> living, but tiny houses? Yeah. yeah. So Americans are kind of starting to embrace these these um, ideas now. Mm-hmm. And so, I again, I think the timing is right for Quirky to to launch and um, and become something, you know, something special for for san diegans yeah and then obviously yeah. beyond beyond san diego when we when we expand right 
Right. Well, um, and I want to talk a little bit also about your journey through entrepreneurship, right? Because Mm -hmm. this is the current project. This is quirky. This is what we're featuring. But you didn't just wake up here. Obviously, you came from apparently England and the UK. And uh, um, but you definitely have a longer journey, as many entrepreneurs do, of trying other things. Um, So can tell a little bit about Uber Pool, but I'm also curious because I read Uber, Uber, what did I say? Uber Pong. Uber Pong, yeah. And, um, That's <laughs> thank okay. you. And, um, but I also, uh, I, I do know that you've had some failures along the way, like most entrepreneurs. And I wonder if you could speak to that also about like to, to let people that are watching and listening, you know, the, know what, 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 what it's like to go through the failures. Well, this, by the way, it's, it's, it's good you bring this up because exactly what we're doing now is what I want to happen in quirky houses. So it's almost kind of like a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a sort of entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial therapy yes. where it's people are talking about the failures as much as their successes. Because again, you read Entrepreneur Magazine, you watch like Shark... Well, I suppose you do get failures on Shark Tank. But Entrepreneur Magazine is just the wins. It's just... Of course. Here's... Look at me, look at me. This I, I made a million. I sold... I'm valued at a billion. And yes. it can become... You can become very disillusioned very quickly by reading mm-hmm. um, a lot of that, those publications. Um, so... So... Going back to your question, um, early failures, uh, I tried to get a, a group. It was So it was the self-publishing kind of um, wave, if you like. And I, and I noticed that, um, that people could go online, upload their photos from like Flickr at the time and wherever, mm-hmm. and they could, they could make a photo book. And I thought, that's cool. Social media was getting hot, so yes. I thought, why can't why couldn't you combine social media with self publishing? So the idea was that was going to be born was it was called Umento as well, which I thought was a cool name. Um, but why it was Y U M E N T O. So the idea of like not a me men, a memento with yes. the me, but a Umento with the U, but we spell it slightly differently. But uh-huh. anyway, um, I digress. So. The idea was that people could pull in their social media, like photos from social media, mm-hmm. and then put them into the book, but then invite their friends I- into that project. And so everybody was working on that book. Uh, and oh. then, then you could print the book with every, like a, as a collaborative gift. That was that was the idea. And that failed because they have <laughs> things like that now. But I know. It's like, how did it fail? It's a good idea. Um, <laughs> it failed because first, firstly, I put, too much capital into um like the sort of research and development mm. well not research it was almost kind of like the planning phase and then mock-ups and all this like i, I just spent too much money in the wrong areas mm. early on and i got a kind of consultancy involved and they charge quite high yeah. so i i did uh, and then it got to the point where i just also i wasn't very technologically kind of gifted let's say i wasn't you know a, a cto and i tried to find a co-founder and i went through a few duds on the on the founder front so that mm. was kind of where i learned what i would need to see in a founder but also the idea of like playing to your strengths and then working out where your weak areas are and how to fill them so it didn't launch yeah mm. and that was a real at the time it was it, it was I was really devastated because I thought this is, you know, a lot of people had got behind it mm-hmm. and a lot of people were talking about it and I didn't launch and a f- sort of connection loose friend at the time came up to me at a networking event 
And a lot of people had sort of said, don't worry about it, on to the next one. And she came up and she said, there's a lot of pressure on your next one now because a lot of people have got behind you and you've not launched that and you've let them down. And it really hit me hard. And I thought, and it it made me really think about it. Like Mm -hmm. when you're going to go for something, like go for it, you know, Mm -hmm. once you've got people on board. So it's kind of like, and then then I read. Just to launch it anyway, even if it flops. Is that what you mean? Well, by the time, like if you've got enough people behind it and supporting it, Mm -hmm. you've kind of got to go through with it. That's, that's what I was sort of feeling. And, and so, yeah, it's, that's what kind of, it's putting yourself in a position where you have to succeed. That's mm-hmm. that's the, the feeling. Right, and when you don't have a safety net correct, below you. Yeah. Is, and so that's is usually the yeah. time that really propels a person to kind yeah. of run forward. Exactly. Yeah. So so I know there's a lot of people who say, Yeah, you've got to do the um you've got to do something like the full time job and then be starting the thing. Yeah, that's a smart play. But I just for me personally, that what works for me is like all in. Like I'm all in or nothing that's just that's how i roll uh-huh well yeah. and funny and that's, that, and that's not gonna work for everyone i will, I will never say because people say to me what's what, what should i do it's okay. like whatever's right for you <laughs> well, well that's right because it, you're all in might look different than what somebody else's is or yeah. they might not be in a position to go all in correct and they have correct. to kind of look at it and right we can look yep. at it and say well you have to if you're going to be a risk taker you have to be 100 percent in that risk um some people just don't get it, though, um, or they they um, aren't in the place for it. So, but that's wait. that's why a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what I've seen. This is why a lot of MBA, like really smart people, way smarter than me. This is why, like, I see a lot of MBA students, and they come out of college, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "What what business are you going to start?" And they say, "I'm not. I'm going to go into consulting, or I'm going to join. I'm going to be an employee." I'm like, "Why?" Yeah. It should be a prerequisite that when you graduate as an MBA student, you should start a business. That's that's what I think. Yeah. Every single MBA mm-hmm. student should has has the knowledge to start their own business. Well, Why can wouldn't you imagine you? what kind of culture we'd have then? Right. Employment rates and right. everything exactly. else. Everybody exactly. Everybody with an MBA exactly. went out and started a business. Start companies. We'd have a whole different even way that, high, that, yeah. that the banks even grant finances to people because yep. that would be an expectation that, oh, there'd be funding for that. Yep. And you just start a business. Yep. I mean, cre- that's interesting. Uh but I get to the, you know, and I've got, I've got a few friends who've done MBAs and so they, they kind of, they come back on that and so, which is, which is fine. Um, but I, I just feel like with, with almost sometimes too much knowledge can hurt you. And, and mm. especially with people who are very educated, they get, they know the downsides. They know the, the odds yeah. are basically, yeah, you've got a one, a one in 10 chance of, of success mm-hmm. you know the funny- on, by the numbers. So yeah. then they see that and think, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Right. Whereas I think a little bit of blind faith sometimes and and an almost blissful ignorance can can work for you. Right. (laughs) And as you're saying that, I'm thinking of other entrepreneurial spirits that I know. And uh, we all talk about like being so consumed with perfection. And so when you say you spent too much time and you spent money even in the research and development or, you know, uh, phase of your project, I think and I have conversations with people about um, you know, you have to just do something like, you know, even something we're doing here. I said, let's just set a date and launch it. Like yep. it will work. And even if it's not done and ready to go on that day, we'll have enough done for day one, yep. you know, and we'll have enough done for a few other days. It's just, then the feedback is, but 
but I want it to be perfect. And yep. it's like, no, no, it's just, it's going to be better than normal. It's yeah. going to be better than what other people expect. The perfection isn't going to exist and you have to let it go. And I think that when you have, I think that that might be one of the things that you'll find in your community is mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that I think just kind of the normalization that can happen of everybody just realizing how much everybody worries about things being exactly right when they launch. And really, it just has to happen. Because I'm sure there are things that if we really got into the nitty gritty of what's going to happen this weekend, I'm sure there's probably a bit of panic underneath you going, well, gosh, I hope, you know, you have all these expectations. I'm sure that there are things that you're worried that aren't going to come through or that could fail this weekend. But, but you know, it just, you have to just do it anyway. It's launching and it is just going to do what it is. That's it. If you... I'm I'm human, um, obviously. So I'm terrified. There were times when I'm terrified about this mm-hmm. and terrified in doing like my first business, Uberpon. I got into an mm-hmm. e-commerce business and I didn't know anything about e-commerce uh-huh. and tech, really. So it was, I had to find people who could help me and, and work out how to get early supporters and yeah. Um, just, yeah. And, and and team members, yeah, very very early on, with very little, mm-hmm. and so it's you have like that's where the passion's key because if you can't if you're not passionate about it, it's not going to rub off on the people who you know kind of want to get around that. Like you you, mm-hmm. you need that energy, it's and enth- enthusiasm. Right. If you if you just if you're just saying like I'm going to change the world, this is going to be amazing. You know, immediately you're not going to get nobody's going to be behind that. Right, it's not going to work. You have to make them believe. But that then you it's have, really going to happen. You got to make them believe, but also you have got to be genuine. You oh, can't because yeah. again you can go the other way and be like, this is going to be amazing. We're going to get you know yeah. we're going to go IPO in a week and and <laughs> thirty billion dollar company in a year. No, it's the other way. It's, it's right. fake. So you've got to be got to be genuine about it mm-hmm. um yeah okay and so why don't we talk a little bit about uber pong because that yeah. was your success so and um you know and and can you talk a bit about the journey and how you stayed motivated with a couple of failures behind and and then you know my understanding is you just sold it so talk about like what that was like when you got to that decision about oh i should sell this so I got to, so I had the idea for Uberpong when I was in London and I was kind of at pretty much rock bottom. Like I just felt rock bottom. And so I, I was actually in a company, in a, in a tech company um, in London and I was looking out the window, it was a dreary day and I thought, I, I just, I want to get out. I want to leave England. I want to leave London. I'm done. <laughs> Where is killing me? I'm it's like middle of summer as well. <laughs> yeah, right. And, um, but that company had a ping pong table and that was my that was the highlight of my day playing on there but i looked across and i saw two people playing who couldn't have been more different but mm-hmm. they're playing with the same paddles same you know same color ball same table like it's all generic mm-hmm. and so that was a little bit of a light bulb where i said okay that's that needs to change that's a sport it needs to change so that was just the first just mm-hmm. idea that came into my head and then I kind of researched it, realized it, the game was invented, I think, in 1896 in London, actually, in England. Oh. And I thought, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shake up this, Revolutionized this, this ping pong. boring, stale game <laughs> of table tennis. And then I thought, but I'm going to do it in the States because that's where they're going to love to see the disruption and the change. They're going to mm-hmm. embrace that more. Um, and so, yeah, it, it became... And Uber we like pong. quirky gimmicks. So. That's it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> Bring it to the States. We'll, we'll buy it. 
so I thought so yeah so I, I came to Austin with that idea in my head and I, and I launched the Kickstarter campaign of, I think it was July 2012 and within a month we raised over $10,000 so yeah 30 days we raised yeah. just over $10,000 that allowed me to build a very basic website get everything set up um, I had some amazing help early on and supporters um, and and it launched it launched eventually after we'd fulfilled the Kickstarter campaign and the <clears throat> the first batch it launched in november 2012 and within two years you know we were on the field at dodger stadium in la with the la dodgers mm-hmm. directing a celebrity ping pong tournament um on the field yeah and jimmy kimmel was hosting so it was kind oh, of wow how but, fun so that was that was cool that was very cool but the coolest thing ever was um back in england you know in say 2010 when I, when I, 2011 um my dream was to or launch a brand and have it on the jumbotron at a basketball game and, uh. and have my brand on that. That was the dream. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking up from the little from the player whatever it is like the VIP player um, locker room yeah. for the Dodgers. And I'm walking up the ramp and I see Clayton Kershaw getting interviewed. Who's there like MVP pitcher? And and I some something catches my eyes sort of just above him, um, the film crew. And it was it was Uber Pong. It was the Uber Pong oh, bright orange yeah. logo on the advertising screens all the way around the um, the stadium. Wow, what the a ballpark. moment! So that was like that was it. That, that yeah. was like you knew job you'd done. Made it. <laughs> <laughs> you knew you got a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So people talk about like money and exits and all this. That for me, it was like. That li- it wasn't it wasn't the, okay it wasn't the jumbotron but it was close yeah but it was it's the very moments very along close the way that are like yeah. that 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 to you that was I mean the money that you make is is the stuff that helps you sustain li- your life and and grow other things but it's those moments that just touch you that you're like oh my gosh like this is really cool that yeah. this happened that yeah. that's what keeps everybody going yeah. when you're when you're doing your own thing and and creating something on your own yeah. is when you see those other ways that that it's getting recognized that was really cool and then and then we got on the scoreboard as well that was the other one so it was just but that was like I'm doing something right here and I yeah. can, I can do this. And I, that's when I, that's because you, you say you're an entrepreneur, but you've, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a defining moment. It's like anything, you know, well, you life. have to have Def- created something. Yeah. It has, and that was a, def- that was very much a defining moment because I yes. thought I, I am an entrepreneur here and I'm, I'm do- like, I'm doing something right mm-hmm. that people are in, it's, it's, yeah, it's changing something. And that happened and fast. I mean, that was all in 2012. Uh, no, or that was that was within two years. Within two years. Yeah. So wow. I think almost exactly mm. two years, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And and what did you say? Where you said you didn't come out of the tech world. What did you? What were you doing before? Because you know you 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 had some kind of career before. How did you? You know whatever it was. I guess doesn't even matter all that much. But I'm curious. And uh, but I'm more curious about how you made that leap to go. And you said, oh, it was working at that place in London and wanting to get out of London. Maybe um, had you always though seen yourself as someone who yeah. was going to leave the corporate world and yeah. get out? Oh yeah, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I just didn't. I don't know why, but I just didn't have the confidence when I was younger mm-hmm. that I do now. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have it. And I think that probably stemmed from not doing very well at school. Mm-hmm. Um, that Whereas most people getting good grades and there's that com- natural mm-hmm. confidence there to go into jobs and on, a, on, a, on right. a high, I was flagging and I just, that, that was probably it. Um, 
but I'd say where did I start? I mean, I started my dad's business. He he ran a successful business for like mm-hmm. thirty years uh, before selling that. So I, I learned a bit about business from him and being mm-hmm. in that in the northwest of England, and then went down to London and just did did multiple things. You know, I did sales. Like started really in telesales, um, then advertising sales got into recruitment briefly i was really bad at that Mm -hmm. um and just but the thing that that i found in each job is is i'd kind of i'd I'd learn it quite quickly i'd learn the job quite quickly hit the ceiling and then know that it's you're in you're not you know what i mean like you're a number you're in line Mm -hmm. so even though you've hit the ceiling and you you know you want to go higher and smash through it you just have to wait it's a waiting game and you wait for the promotion And and i was I was turned down a few times for promotions when I knew I was the right guy. Mm-hmm. I knew it. Mm-hmm. And my, my vision was bigger. Like I just, again, I, I, the way I was thinking was just beyond anyone at my level. Mm-hmm. But they went with the next guy and that, yeah. That right. Got me annoyed. Yeah. It's very, very... I, re- I relate to some of that, that. In, the end of my, <laughs> in the end of my agency work life. Oh, yeah, But I yeah. thought, I'm never going through this again. And I cried yeah, for yeah. a day and realized yeah. the next time I opened my door and I see a client, I was going to make triple what I was making at the agency. And I thought, oh, I'll get over this yep. and just get on with it. A lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of corporations also don't embrace entrepreneurs or the entrepreneurial well, no, mindset you, you have to it's, you have it's to go too, with it's outside of the you have to stay in the conformed box. lines of the rules yeah and right right anytime you start going hey what if we do this or what if we do this have you tried that people go no 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 we do it this way and then you yeah. go oh it's not meant to grow no and yeah. too, too many times i was suggesting things to bosses and they were saying oh yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll have a board meeting and discuss it and i i chase it hard mm-hmm. and say see so you had the board me- you had the board meeting what do they say? And then this, and of course they'd say, uh, we're not going to go ahead with it this time. Meaning they hadn't even brought it up. You right. Know? It's just a polite way of saying, you know, uh, yeah, sh- just yeah. appeasing. Ignored it. Appeasing yeah, exactly. And, uh, and so I, th- placating. so I thought, how can I take those ideas and feelings and whatever? What, how can I apply them? And I then realized that that was the calling. It's like, I can apply them in, as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And, and so now I am. Yes. Applying them, applying those thoughts, right. ideas. Right. Now you have the freedom to do all of that. So, David, anything else that um, you'd love to share with us, or have we covered everything you want us to know about Quirky? Can I? Well, can I? Can I drop the the website? Is that oh, all right? I'm, oh, certainly. No pressure. That's, that's what I'm going to ask. How okay. everybody can reach you as well. So. Yeah. Well, I was going to say the we've got a teaser page which is quirky.co, and that's q w e r k y dot c o. Um, it's very basic at the moment, but um, but add your email and we'll let we'll let you know when we're launching. Um, we're on social media yes. across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and we're at Quirky Co Living. Uh, Q-W-E-R-K-Y-C-O-L-I-V-I-N-G. And then the pilot house is this weekend and we're obviously fully booked for that. Um, if you're a, an entrepreneur, digital nomad, creative, um, please talk to us. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> reach out. Um, hi at quirkycoliving.com if you want to apply to be part of the first house that's launching uh, or just join the community um, if you're in another city. And um, 
and also we're, we're going to be building programming into the house so mm-hmm. if you're a speaker and you want to you want to you've got like a really inspirational talk we'll be doing quirky talks a bit like ted mm-hmm. but oh, even more it. kind of quirky <laughs> um so if there's kind of a uh, a talk you do or you've got a really um, compelling and inspiring subject you want to talk about l- reach out because we, we want you we want you to talk to the house and um obviously we'll be facebook living and you know filming all this as well so it'll be a, a good platform for for the speakers as well and then beyond that if you want to partner with us like if you i guess if you know if you're in another city like if you're in another city if you're in san diego and you've got um a building or a big house um where we could we could basically plug our community into and operate out of there and call it home let us know and then yeah that's about it i think great yeah Yeah. thank you and i realized that i cut off that story before we got to the point that you sold uber oh yeah yeah and uh so you want to give us the highlight of that because that is the entrepreneurial goal is that somebody says hey i want to throw all this money at your business and buy it from you because i can grow it it's the it's the worst and the best day (laughs) of my life in the same day because you i've I've got a daughter, but you, you don't know, like, I've never had to sort of give a child up for, for adoption, but that's how it feels. That's uh-huh. the feeling, like you're giving it up and you're giving it away and you're very, very close to it. Like there's a lot of love and mm-hmm. um, equ- sweat equity, let's say, and your yes. emotional connection to the brand. So, so it's very, tough, very it difficult to, do. to give it up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a beautiful full circle and a complete circle that's made, because mm-hmm. formed because you've gone from nothing and you're basically exiting. And so, yeah, it's just, and then you start again. Yes. Obviously, I'm starting with Quirky. So it's it's kind of a nice, um, it's a nice way to end one chapter and start another. So mm-hmm. it, it it now feels good in retrospect. And the people who, you know, acquired us, um, I think they're going to do an amazing job. And that's why I sold to them, because they're going to take it, they're going to make it even bigger. I've given it, I think, given it a good found good foundation but they're going to take it to the next level that's wonderful and nice that you can have that and kind of know that you sold it to people with the integrity behind what yeah. you wanted for the brand yes and that very important going to right that they're going to foster it in a way that kind of still keeps with your initial vision of what it was going to be yeah absolutely because you get the big brand i won't name, name any big companies but you get the big ones who acquire mm-hmm. you know social networks and they, they they've no idea they run it they, they'll spend you know billion dollars and they'll run it into the ground in a few months because mm-hmm. they just don't have any any idea so that legacy's dead mm-hmm. if you're the founder which so i like the idea of yeah of, of it being taken to the next level and continuing mm-hmm. so which and is that word yeah. of legacy is a, is a great yeah, thing yeah. especially when you're in business for yeah. yourself you i mean you want to leave your mark on the world That's and it. um it might th- be through uh uh, a quirky business like Uber Pong, or it might be through a co-living community like Quirky Co-living. <laughs> so um, I want to thank you so much, David, for being on the Thanks show for with me. me. So David Lowe, the founder of Quirky Co-living, <laughs> and um, we're just going to wrap up the podcast here. So let us know what you think about what David's doing, about what we're doing here at the Coaching Through Chaos podcast. And um, for those that have been listening, that have been faithful followers, I just want to touch base about the fact that we've kind of slowed down how much we're producing because I'm also hosting uh, two other shows right now and I think you'll benefit from hearing from them as well. One's the funny uh, and fun sh- 
Shrink to Shrink on Film, where we take one movie a month and break it apart by scenes and psychobabble about it. And we take um, that comes out on the last day of every month. This month for Father's Day, we're doing the old film Parenthood. Uh, for Mother's Day, we did Mommy Dearest, and that one was a lot of fun. But check out the train wreck episode with Amy Schumer. That was probably one of my favorite ones. So we have that. And then um, I'll also be launching the brand new San Diego Movers and Shakers show with Tracy Lynn Cowan as my co-host. And we are going to be talking to people here in San Diego who are doing exceptional things to help others live exceptional lives. And we can't wait to share that with you. That's going to launch officially in July. Uh, You can reach out to me on, you know that I love to communicate with you all on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Colleen Mullen. And on Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash Dr. Colleen Mullen. And And friend me, chime in, watch some of our live feeds. I do a live video every Tuesday at 3.30 Pacific time and pick a little topic, give you a few tips on that topic for the week. So uh, before I go, I want to thank, as always, Dr. B for my audio engineering and BennettSullivanMusic.com for my theme music. So until next time, I'm your host, Dr. Colleen Mullen, and hoping that you have a great day. And if you've got chaos in your life, I hope you're finding your way through it. Take care.